Welcome to Hymology on the Gospel Radio Network, a program sponsored by the Mars Hill Church of Christ, located at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. You may contact us by phone at 615-203-3637. If you would like more information about our congregation or this program, you may visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. We invite you to join us every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And now, here is your host, Brother Kyle Webb. Welcome to Hymnology. I'm glad that you are listening. The hymn we are studying today comes by request. It is titled, My Faith Looks Up to Thee, by Ray Palmer and Lowell Mason. As we begin looking at this hymn, we always start with hymn history, and we begin with the words, which were written by Ray Palmer, who was born in Little Compton, Rhode Island, November 12, 1808, and he died in Newark, New Jersey, March 29, 1887. He was the son of a judge, Judge Thomas Palmer. His education was at first begun at home by his father. However, he was forced to discontinue his studies at age 13, taking a job instead as a clerk in a dry goods store in Boston. Later, he was able to resume his studies at Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts, and later graduated from Yale University in 1830. Palmer became an ordained minister in the Congregational Church in 1835, serving congregations in Bath, Maine, 1835-50, to 50, and in Albany, New York, 1850-65. to 65. From 1866 to 1878, he served as corresponding secretary for the American Congregational Union in New York City. He wrote and published various poetic works such as Spiritual Improvement, 1839, Hymns of My Holy Hours and Other Pieces, 1868, and Complete Poetical Works, 1876. He also contributed original and translated hymns to Park and Phelps' Sabbath Hymn Book, 1858. In regard to his works, he never allowed revision and never accepted compensation for the use of his hymns and poems. Other works include Jesus, Thou Joy of Loving Hearts, which is also published in Praise for the Lord, 1992. He retired in 1878. Now, as far as the music is concerned, we find that uh, a familiar name is here, someone that we have noticed within the last few weeks, Lowell Mason. He was born in Medfield, Massachusetts, January 8, 1792, and he died in Orange, New Jersey, August 11, 1872. His musical education, both vocal and instrumental, 
came from local citizens, and he began leading the choir in the village church and teaching singing schools by the age of 16. At age 20, he moved to Savannah, Georgia, where he studied music under Frederick L. Abel, a German musician, and also served as organist for the Independent Presbyterian Church. In 1827, he returned to Boston, continuing his quest to improve church music of the day, becoming president of Handel and Hayden Society. He married Abigail Adams of Westboro, Massachusetts in 1818. As we look at some of his works, we recognize Blessed Be the Tie, God is the Fountain Whence, I Love Thy Kingdom, Lord, when I survey the wondrous cross, and my faith looks up to thee, just to name a few. In looking at the hymn itself, My Faith Looks Up to Thee was penned while Palmer was teaching in a school for young women to financially support his ministerial studies and living with the family of the woman in charge of the school. Palmer recalled writing this hymn to no specifically great event or tragedy, as is the case with many of the hymns that we look at, but that its writing did follow a time of illness and discouragement. Of this hymn, Palmer wrote, It had no external occasion whatever, having been accustomed from childhood, through an inherited propensity, perhaps, to an occasional expression of what his heart felt, in the form of verse. It was in accordance with this habit and in an hour when Christ, in the riches of His grace and love, was so vividly apprehended as to fill the soul with deep emotion that the lines were composed. There was not the slightest thought of writing for another eye, least of all writing a hymn for Christian worship. And later he also wrote, The words for these stanzas were born out of my own soul with very little effort. I recall that I wrote the verses with tender emotion. It is well remembered that when writing the last line, O bear me safe above, a ransomed soul, the thought that the whole work of redemption and salvation was involved in those words and suggested the theme of eternal redemption moved the writer to a degree of emotion that brought abundant tears. Of the music, approximately two years after this text was written, Lowell Mason met Palmer on the street in Boston and requested some hymns for a new collection he was working on with Thomas Hastings. Seeing him a couple of days later, Mason told Palmer of the hymn, Mr. Palmer, you may live many years and do many good things, but I think you will be best known to posterity as the author of my faith looks up to thee. And how true that was. The tune is officially named Olivet. And to cite my sources, Hymns of Faith and Inspiration is a book that I used by Pamela J. Kennedy, published in 1990 by Ideal Publications in Nashville. 
and also Hymns and History by Forrest M. McCann, published in 1997 by ACU Press in Abilene, Texas. And there are also a couple of good websites uh, that if you haven't looked at, I certainly recommend them. hymnstudiesblog.wordpress.com and hymnary.org. Now, let's get into the, the context and meaning of this song. And we begin by looking at the lyrics. Stanza 1. My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my sins away. Oh, let me from this day be wholly thine. Jesus is referred to here as the Lamb of Calvary. In comparison to the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament, we find in Scripture that Jesus came to offer himself as the greatest sacrifice on our behalf. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 21. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb, without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. It is through his sacrifice that our sins are remitted, that they are taken away. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. In prayer, Jesus serves as mediator, as Lamb of God. Lamb of Calvary, between us and God. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. And we know that He will hear our prayers. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my sins away. Let me from this day be wholly thine. Let's move on to stanza two. May thy rich grace impart strength to my fainting heart, my zeal inspire. As thou hast died for me, O oh, may my love to thee, pure, warm, and changeless be, a living fire. Faith in God leads us to an understanding of his grace extended to us through His Son. Jesus is the embodiment of God's grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. The writer here is requesting that through God's rich grace, strength may be given him when his heart becomes weary. Galatians 6 and verse 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Acts 20 and verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul was reminded that in difficulty it is God's grace that strengthens us and helps us to overcome them. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And here he writes, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord Three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Stanza 3 While life's dark maze I tread, And griefs around me spread, Be thou my God, Bid darkness turn to day, Wipe sorrow's tears away, Nor let me ever stray, from thee aside. It is through Christ that we are granted access to God. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Because of this access to God, darkness truly is turned to day, and sorrow's tears are wiped away. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands. Verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby thereby putting to death the enmity. Verse 17, And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. We have access to the Father through Christ, through our faith in Him. And we maintain this access to God by faithfully following Him, following in the footsteps of Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Stanza 4 When ends life's transient dream, when death's cold, sullen stream shall o'er me roll, blessed Savior, then in love, fear and distrust remove, O bear me safe above. A ransomed soul. It is appointed unto man that he will die, and that all earth, earthly life shall cease, according to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. But even in death, however, Jesus promises to be with us, removing the doubt, fear, and distrust. Revelation 14 and verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that he may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Bought with the blood of Christ, truly a ransomed soul. We have hope that there is rest for our labors in the kingdom of God and of heaven. As we read in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 11, uh, of Jesus and the centurion, we read this. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. 
but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Verse 10, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you, that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed Savior, then in love, fear, and distrust, remove. O bear me safe above, a ransomed soul. Much has been done out of love for us. Much has been accomplished through Christ, through His coming to earth and dying on the cross for our sins, so that we might be a ransomed soul. The writer of these words, Mr. Palmer, uh, as he was reminiscing over the writing of these lyrics, was brought to tears in regard to these words. When we think of, of what bought our soul, Christ's sacrifice, we understand the great love that He had for us, the love that is imparted in His going to the cross and dying for the sins of the world. That even though we may die, we may pass from this life, we are truly granted life eternal through Him because of His love for us and also through our faith. My faith looks up to Thee, Thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my sins away. Let me from this day be wholly Thine. I hope that that is our prayer today that we are seeking to be Christ's, that we are seeking to belong to Him. The only way to do that is through our obedience, through our faith. And I pray that our faith is strong in Him. Thank you for being with me today, and I hope that this lesson has been helpful in encouraging you. And I invite you to join us again next Tuesday, Lord willing, at 11 a.m. as we study another hymn together. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.